Hello and Happy New Year to all our listeners. We want to welcome you to the first episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast in this new year, 2022. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we're grateful that you have joined us as we begin a new series that we have titled Serve Like the King. In addition to the new series, we're also making a change in our format and we'll be releasing episodes twice a month now instead of on a weekly basis. You'll still be able to access our podcast on all the popular platforms and we'll continue to provide quality content focused on current topics and events influencing our society, the world of education, and the local church. And one of those topics is the topic of leadership. I don't think you have to look very far in our society right now to see the contrast between good leadership and bad leadership. It manifests itself in our government, businesses, schools, our churches, even in our homes and in our families. And so I'm excited to see where this discussion takes us as we look at biblical leadership and what that can teach us in 2022. We're pleased to have the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders, spearheading this podcast series. Dr. Sanders has been on staff here at DCC for six years now and has been a guest on several of our previous podcast episodes. So, Dr. Sanders, welcome back. Thanks, Scott. It's good to have you. Joining Dr. Sanders in this discussion is the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, Mr. Mark Worley. So, Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you and Dr. Sanders and let you all kick off this Serve Like the King series. I think Eddie's going to uh, lead into this discussion today. Yes, thanks, Scott. Mark, have you ever wondered why we talk about leadership so much? <laughs> I mean, not just in this room or around here or even our country, but in the world and human history. You, you know, Eddie, it's... <laughs> That's exactly what I think a lot of times. You know, it's like, oh, let's go follow follow Stephen Covey. Oh, let's go follow Drucker. Oh, let's go follow this guy. Oh, this guy's got the really right concept of leadership. Yeah, it, it just drives you crazy what the next biggest book is that's coming out on different styles of leadership. That is such a good point. You've seen you've seen that for decades. I wonder if we can't figure it out. Well. I know we can't figure it out. It, it morphs, it changes, so we keep talking about it. And I think this is good. I mean, to talk about stuff we want to do better at, that's good. So we keep reading about it, going to conferences, and trying to improve. And sometimes we struggle and muddle through, and sometimes we do well and have victories. By far the most helpful reading and thinking on leadership for me comes from John Goldingay's Volume 3 of Old Testament Theology. Now, I bet you didn't think I was coming from an Old Testament theology book for leadership. Now, before your eyes glaze over, let me share with you a deep thought he offers. It's practical and good. He begins his final chapters of the three volumes called Leaders and Servants by writing this. Leadership is not a category the Old or New Testament works with. Instead, he suggests, it is, a, it is servants of Yahweh. That's, that's the, when you think of leadership in, in the Old Testament, the phrase servants of Yahweh is what you see. Well, this really reframes the category in significant ways, he says. In short, leaders of Israel are servants of God. Now, immediately you're thinking, great, here's an episode on servant leadership. Well, not quite. 
Let me read you now how he concludes this section and the entire three volumes he has. Now, before I read this, I have to warn you, it's not positive, okay? You ready? Most of the leadership talks I hear are positive and focus on methodology, experience, skills. And again, this is good. This is helpful. Those, those help me on a consistent basis. But listen to this. The Old Testament does not lay before us a challenge to be leaders. It is disillusioned about leadership. It does lay before us such a vision of servanthood. So, Mark, how does what I just read to you sound? You, you know, I was thinking, uh, like in Ezra, uh, other places, you know, where it's like God's hand was on, on him. And it's as soon as I read God's hand was on him, I'm like, oh no, man, <laughs> this guy is gonna he's gonna go through all kinds of woes and troubles and struggles. It just seems like, uh, man, there's there's difficulty coming for this guy. Again, if you want to read some of the deepest and significant thoughts on leadership I've found, reading John Golden Gay's final section in Volume Three of Old Testament Theology, it'd be very helpful. I highly recommend it. Now, this is not a commercial for a book or a book review or anything like that. I share it because I found what he said incredibly profound and fairly striking and, I think, life-changing for me. I want to share this thought as we head into this series, Serve Like the King, Golden Gate's thought about the disillusionment with leadership. We're going to work through the first half of Samuel in Season 1 here in this series this spring. We're going to see that when God is king things work better for all involved. Did you catch that? We're going to see that when God is king, things work out a whole lot better. When later believers reflected on 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel, it was viewed as a national autopsy performed in light of Israel's collapse. They looked back and said, wow, we really messed that up. What exactly did we get wrong and how did we get it wrong? Well, 1 Samuel answers that question. In short, you got a lot wrong because God wasn't king. Okay, lots of theology talk here. What does this have to do with me? Let's get into the text. We're not starting in 1 Samuel because when the autopsy was performed, we're not starting in 1 Samuel chapter 1 because when the autopsy was performed, they found a major ailment was the cause of collapse. One specific ailment, one specific problem, one thing was the cause of collapse. This story is recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 8. Mark, what do you think the major ailment for Israel was? You know, I you can see throughout history the big problem there. You know, they went from God as leader. I, I This is my thinking. They went from God as leader to a monarchy that that just absolutely caused everything to be about the monarchy and they're serving this monarchy rather than God being the leader. And somehow, you know, I, you can see where God gets really ticked off at these guys because it's like, wait, you want something or someone other than me and I'm the best leader there is and we're going to give that up. That's a problem. Right, right. That is a problem because God was not king. Let me read you this unbelievable phrase from 1 Samuel. It's in chapter 8, verse 5, 1 Samuel 8, verse 5. All the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel and said to him, Now, 
appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. There it is. There it is. That's shocking, isn't it? (laughs) Shocking. In short, give us a king or give us what we want because we know better than you. We know better than God's word. And we know better than probably God too. Now, no one said this, but looking back on the historical explanation, that's the clear conclusion. And don't we do this? Don't we think in the same way? Don't we come up with our own plan? Well, all right, I do. I demand, give me what I want because I know better. And though we may not say it aloud, I may believe deep down I know better than God in His Word. Guess what is shocking, though? It's not just shocking that we, just like Israel, think we know best. That's part of the image of God built into us that, that goes wrong regularly. I mean, we, we are made in His image. We, we want to lead. We want to be out front. But that goes awry. Here's what's shocking. God grants their request. It is. That is. That's a conundrum for me. What was he thinking? You know, <laughs> he knew. God even says to Samuel, "Obey the voice of the people, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them." Hear this: They have rejected me. According to 1 Samuel, God says this. We need tragedy music playing right now. Let's remember what Golden Gate says. The Old Testament is disillusioned about leadership. And, and look, back at this, look back at this phrase. The elders come. All the elders of Israel. That's who made the request. Mark. That's interesting. That is... Yeah, I, I somehow missed that phrase, and I thought, boy, of all... And in the Old Testament, you know, the elders were those older men, those wise men who had seen life, who had seen things happen. And uh, why would they give up that incredible power of being led by God? Why would these wise men of the people... And, and I don't know, uh, Eddie, I, ju- I just see in God's statement, I mean, almost a tragic, uh, you're right, the, the tragedy music going there, that they have even rejected me. What, a, what an incredibly sad moment in history for God. So based on this excerpt from the book, how can we serve like the king? Based on chapter 8, I think we have something to do. First, to serve like the king, we have to remember who the king is. Mm -hmm. To serve like the king, we must remember who is on the throne. To serve like the king, we must remember God is the king. Let me say something very briefly about the New Testament here. Isn't this exactly what Israel was still longing for? (laughs) A a thousand years later, they're still wanting a king. They they wanted a king. And, you know, that's what's behind the Messiah. It's the the king, the one who comes and makes everything. King of kings, Lord of lords. Yeah. Yeah. And this Messiah makes everything right. Well, 
God eventually addresses this and steps in, and guess who showed up? God. <laughs> you know, he, he arrives as king. And isn't this what we all want? We all want the right leader, the true leader, the leader, the deserved leader, the honest, powerful, visionary leader. Well, here's, here's some gospel from the Old Testament. We, we have him. John 6 reads, Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. They say, wait a second, wait. Okay, they're finally getting it right here, yeah. right? No, <laughs> they missed it. Yeah, all the way in Acts 1. In Acts 1, Jesus, now, are you, at this time, are you going to restore your kingdom? I could, I could just see Jesus after three plus years with these guys. I mean, hit, yeah, hit himself in the forehead going, are you guys nuts? Have you not learned anything? You want to go right back? to the days of Saul, and look at the trouble when you gave up God as king. Yeah, and the days of Saul is exactly what I think is driven here by John writing this. They, they came and they were going to take him by force to make him king. Uh, that's how this whole tragedy got started. Yeah. And they were going to make him lowercase k, king. Yeah. God says, and again, there's not capitals in, in Hebrew, but he was the king. Capital K, King. So this desire to make someone the leader is deep within us and always has been. How can we remember God is the King? Maybe you could print a picture of an ancient king or queen's throne and put it in your office somewhere uh, for fourteen ninety nine on Amazon. Okay, Mark, you can purchase a toy one. Show me where. Yes, Man, I want yes. this. Uh, I, I doubt we'll have the link on the show notes, but uh, that's just for fun. But truly, we have the the ideal king. We really, really do, and we just celebrated his birth. You know, just a few weeks ago. For us. Jesus has showed up as king, and just like folks in Samuel's day, we can say, but he's not here to run things. I can't see him. I, I still have to make some decisions, right? Yes, we all do. So maybe start, we should start, I should start by reflecting upon that throne, which leads you to the cross. And there we are back at John Golden Gay's words. Scripture lays before us a vision of servanthood. So when you look at the king, you know what you see? A servant. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at, man, just the gospel of John, John 13, Jesus washes their feet and says, I've set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. Uh, and I think... I think uh, Eddie, what you just said is the most difficult thing. We cannot see him. We cannot uh, touch him. You know, we can't uh, in, the, in the physical sense. Uh, and yet, I love what Peter says. Even though you don't see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Why? Because we know who our king is. And that makes all the difference in the world. I, I was just in a meeting today. Uh, where our, the president of DCC, uh, Brian Smith, 
he said at DCC, things really started changing when we didn't figure out, didn't plan out what we wanted. But God, what did you want? He becomes the leader. And people say, how could that happen? Well, you ask him. <laughs> yeah, Eddie, this is going to be a really interesting, really great uh, series here. Yeah, so as we begin this series focused on serving like the king, remember that to serve like the king, you have to see who is truly on the throne, and that's so easy to forget. Yes. Well, for me, anyway. How about you? Yes. Yes. Uh, no, Scott, yes. Scott's got it. No, we've, <laughs> no, we've got this down pat, man. Uh, yeah. No, this is going to be a great series. Very good. Thank you for that intro to this series. And just a reminder, in a couple of weeks, you'll have another episode uh, focused on this same theme, serving like the king. We uh, thank you for joining us for today's episode. Pray that you stay safe, stay healthy. If you'd like to learn more about Dallas Christian College, we'd love for you to check out our website at www.dallas.edu. But in the meantime, have a great day, take care, and we'll catch you next time.